1: And I'm Elizabeth Talbot.
0: I want to know exactly what this is about now. I can't wait to hear this. And today we're going to talk about a time when God did speak from a cloud. So (laughs) what about the cloud speaking to you?
1: Okay. Uh, Most of you know that I don't like to fly very much. And um, I fly constantly, almost every week. I'm in a different part of the world. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't enjoy the flying part. And one time I was going to Orlando, Florida, and we were about to arrive to Florida, And these beautiful clouds started forming around us that were huge. I mean, uh, it's hard to uh, describe because this was not a storm. These were beautiful uh, white clouds, and somehow the airplane was kind of going around them. We were not going inside of them. Mm-hmm. So, we, I could see the clouds from one to the other like, a, I don't know, like if we were in some kind of fantasy. And all of a sudden, from one cloud to the other, this rainbow formed mm. in front of us, and mm. we crossed it, you know, with a with plane. How
0: beautiful.
1: And I remember feeling God so so close to me saying, I have a covenant that I have made with you and I'm keeping that covenant forever. And very soon you're going to be in the clouds coming towards me and you're going to live with me forever.
0: All right. You put my mind at ease. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not nearly so worried about you but, now, you know, but that re- is a beautiful story. Yeah.
1: I remember feeling God in my heart telling me this uh, while I was in the clouds, you know, I wasn't on the ground. And at that moment, I I got tears in my eyes thinking of the day that He's going to come in the clouds and take me to live with Him.
0: Oh, that is beautiful. So, God really did speak to you, in essence, from the clouds. Yes. Well, we've got a story today when God's voice was audible from the clouds. We're going to take a look at this in Mark's Gospel, the ninth chapter, beginning with verse one. And this is the story of the Transfiguration. And he was saying to them, this is speaking of Jesus, truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who shall not taste of death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power.
1: Well, can I interrupt you here for, because a lot, yeah, you're going to say like if you have a choice. Yeah. 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 Well, here, uh, this is a difficult uh, text for some people because they say, how is it that Jesus said that that generation wasn't going to end until they actually saw the glory of the kingdom of God?
0: In fact, I listened to a, a New Testament scholar saying, well, this is obvious now that Jesus himself thought that the coming would be much sooner than what mm. it was. And so he's obviously here made a mistake because it was not, it oh, was not I to see. be that quick.
1: Well, it is very important to realize that this is placed right before the Transfiguration account where the disciples for the first time will see the glory of Jesus as it existed uh, eternally in heaven. So mm-hmm. they will get a taste of what the kingdom of God looks like in this story that continues right after this. So, Mark places it right next to it.
0: He does, and for that purpose, because six days later, as we find out in verse 2, something special happened. And six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and brought them up to a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his garments became radiant and exceedingly white, as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know uh, what to answer, for they became Terrified.
1: Now, remember that we told you at the beginning that Mark um, is believed to be Peter's version of the gospel. Right. So many times you have these little comments that said, Peter didn't know what he was saying mm-hmm. because it's he, himself telling the story. So, boy, you know? was I stupid to say this. You know, <laughs> but it's, hey,
0: right. what I did at the time. And Peter, at least, very honest about it. Yes.
1: And what is the confusing uh, statement that um, has this uh, comment that follows it that, that he didn't know what he was saying? Well, The statement is that Moses and Elijah show up. Mm -hmm. Now, Elijah, of course, uh, the story says that he never saw death, that he was taking, uh, from when he was alive, he was taken to heaven. And then Moses, uh, we are told in the book of Jude, he actually was resurrected after his death. So, both of them are in heaven, and they decide to come and talk to Jesus.
0: But by saying this, what Peter is actually saying is that he's putting Jesus on an actual, the level playing field with both Moses and Elijah, saying that three of you are alike. And he didn't understand. Part of what he didn't understand is that Jesus was greater than either Moses or Elijah and still is today.
1: Yes, and some people say, well, this is reading too much into this verse because it actually says, let us make three tents. Um, but the truth is, uh, he doesn't offer to make one tent for each one of them and no. one for the disciples. He could have said, let's make four tents, Right? You know, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus, one for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He actually is using the word that was known to be the, the word for the tent of meeting the in dwelling the exodus. place of god in exodus yes so this was the actual uh, a very good translation is a tabernacle right. it could even be translated as a shrine so what uh, peter is saying is like let's make three places of worship where we can meet god one with prophet elijah mm-hmm. because he's a prophet
0: mm-hmm. one
1: with moses, moses the lawgiver, giver and one for jesus i mean we have the full picture mm-hmm. now three
0: three prophets right here Which, yes misunderstands the true nature of Jesus.
1: Yes, and and see, Moses and Elijah had a lot in common as being uh, very important people in their stages in history. Both of them met God in the same mountain, in Mm -hmm. Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb, which is the same mountain. They both met him there. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful things about the two of them, but he's putting Jesus in the same level as the three of them. And let me make one more comment this is a good place to realize how important the Old Testament is to inform the New Testament, because Jesus is leaning on the Old Testament yeah. here. Yeah. But how important it is to understand the supremacy of Jesus over the other previous revelations.
0: And we find this with what happens next. Verse 7, Then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son, Listen to him. It's like God is saying, All right, nice try, Peter, but just hush for a little bit, would you? Because no, Jesus is above Moses and Elijah. This is my son. So be quiet. Listen to Him." Not not bad advice for all of us today, even. Mm-hmm. So the voice did come from the cloud, and verse 8, "...and all at once they looked around and saw no one with them anymore except Jesus alone."
1: And that is actually a theological statement as well. It's not simply that they didn't see anybody else because the other disciples were also there. But somehow... Everything else vanished, and they saw Jesus. It's yeah. almost like, uh, the, turn your eyes upon Jesus.
0: Look mm-hmm. Full on his wonderful face. And things the things, awesome things of earth stream. will kind of yeah.
1: become very dim uh, because of his grace. Yeah. You know?
0: But even then, the Old Testament came to give testimony to who Jesus Absolutely. was in Moses and Elijah. And then when their work was done, they're gone because Jesus still stands alone.
1: Yes, this actually, these words from God are a quotation from the Old Testament
0: It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 15. And Deuteronomy 18.15 says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you.
1: Okay, Moses is talking, by the way. Yeah. This is Moses' words in Deuteronomy 18.15.
0: And you said the word very well, by the way. Thank you. I've been practicing. From your countrymen, you shall listen to him. You shall listen to him. So God is actually quoting uh, what he put in Moses' mouth to say back in Deuteronomy when he says, this is my son, listen to him.
1: Yes, because remember that Moses had said that one would come who would also be a countryman, who would also be a Jew. But when he came, he had supremacy over Moses. And so here God quotes this to make uh, Peter realize what he Mm -hmm. just had said.
0: So it became a lesson uh, for Peter, recognizing that he's not just standing in the presence of a prophet, but of God himself, the Messiah, the suffering Messiah, the one who's about to die for him. So, again, it was another revelation for this man.
1: You know, there's many verses in the New Testament that try to show us that progression of revelation. I know, I know that some people had uh, have been wanting to kind of throw away the Old Testament because mm-hmm. now Jesus is here. It's, it's very important to understand that the Old Testament informs and teaches us much about Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ is the full representation. I, I have a verse here that we had not discussed to share, but I would like to share in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. This is the same exact thing. I'm going to start reading from verse 1 to verse 3. Okay. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways— so, it's saying here that God did speak through mm-hmm. patriarchs and prophets in many different ways. Verse 2, in these last days, He has spoken to us in His Son, mm-hmm. whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom He made the world, and He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature. So, he's saying, yes, that God revealed Himself in the Old Testament in many ways, but He showed his exact representation in his son Jesus. Well, that
0: that uh, passage is a beautiful picture of what we've just read here. God spoke through Moses, he spoke through Elijah, all of them were, all the Old Testament figures were f- foreshadowing Jesus, pointing forward to Jesus, everything we find in the Old Testament, with the sacrificial system, the system of worship, all pointing forward to Jesus. Jesus comes, he speaks to us now in these last days, directly God's voice himself speaking to us.
1: Actually, you get a very rich picture of Jesus when you interpret the scriptures the jewish scriptures the old testament in the light of jesus and jesus in the light of the jewish scriptures. that's
0: right there you get the more complete picture and you see all sides of jesus prophet oh yes but much much more mm-hmm. uh son of god yes indeed he is god He is God in the flesh, but even more than that, He is your Savior, your Redeemer, the one who came to suffer and die for you, for the remission of your sins.
1: I can't wait until I see Jesus face to face. You know, here it says that some of them would not pass until they saw the glory of the kingdom of God. Very soon, we're going to see Jesus face to face, never depart from Him again.
0: Never depart from Him again. That is the most glorious promise. And if you've ever caught a glimpse of Him, you know that you cannot wait for that day. That is the day you want. You want to see the One who has come for you, who has died for you. We will see Him in all of His glory. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free.